This is Jimmy Bullard, a.k.a. The Bulldog, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. My name is Matt Boisclair, and it's been a very difficult weekend to swallow for all us Fulham fans, hasn't it? Not only was it yet another disappointing performance and result on Friday night as we suffered defeat to Wolves, Newcastle's win at Burnley on Sunday leaves us in a perilous position. Six points behind Newcastle with the latter still having a game in hand. We've got a packed panel to have a look back at this weekend's developments. Your regulars, Stasser and Will, our regular sports reporter from PA Sport, Sonia Twig, plus my friend and yours, Collins John. So let's go. Well, guys, it's really difficult to know where to start with this one. It's getting to the point where there isn't really much to unpick because the cold, hard facts state that we've lost four games in a row, three of which were against teams that we really had to be targeting points from. This result absolutely feels like rock bottom to me. And to be honest, I feel like it's all over regardless of what Newcastle do or don't do between now and the end of the season. They, of course, won today to extend the gap. And the bottom line is that the Fulham team is out of form, can't score goals and can't win games. And with wins desperately needed, Collins, we've had it, haven't we? It's going to be very difficult, to be honest. Um, but I haven't gave up. Um, we went to Liverpool three points. So we haven't got a choice now. We have to go to Arsenal and, and get the three points. But the only thing was really bugging me, really, is like, the moment we have to be there, we dropped our form. Yeah. So you said it, you know, we just, it just looks like we are flat. We look tired. We look leggy. And I know it's been a long season. And I know we as a Fulham fan, we have to praise our team and our club. But when the time comes and you look flat and leggy, that is very worrying us for me. So... But like I said, you know, I, I can't give up because it's my club and you know how I feel about the club. So, but yeah, I agree. It's going to be very, very difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And Will, what about for you, mate? I mean, we've heard from, uh, from the ex-player and he's got the, the ex-player mentality of, of never give up. But as a supporter, how are you feeling about it, mate? Yeah, I mean, I've tried to stay optimistic all season. I feel like I've been one of the more optimistic fans. But now uh, Burnley just lost to Newcastle and we're now six points away. I mean, three points away, I think it was still going to be difficult. Six points away, I'm really not feeling confident at all. I think this is the lowest point of the season so far. Um, and, and look, this from now on, if we can stay up, this just makes the comeback greater. But it's looking just very, very, very more unlikely as it goes on. Yeah, I agree. Stato, Stato it looks bleak, mate, doesn't it? I mean, it's... It is it's six points, but they do have a game in hand as well. And like I said a minute ago, I, I don't necessarily think that the problem is Newcastle. The problem is Fulham. And I just don't see us winning games. I don't see us winning two games to catch Newcastle at the moment. And I don't see us winning games to overtake them either. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like you said, like we, we do have six games left and it's only six points. So it's two wins, but you know I can't see us getting two wins from those six games. And I'm really glad Collins is here actually because he's probably we we need that positive outlook because all of us here are quite miserable at the moment. So it's so quite good we've got someone here who's quite positive and thinking that we can still do this. But um, I remember a couple of weeks ago there was just um, talking the Fulham Focus team chat about um, thinking back to previous relegations and what moment in the season did we kind of accept that we were down. And for me, it feels like this weekend is kind of that moment for this season and that, you know, this is the moment that I kind of knew, well, kind of accept that, accept, that I kind of accept our relegation. I hope it's not true, but it, it, things are just looking very, very bleak now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is the weekend for me as well. I kind, of, I kind of felt it a little bit against Villa, but even after that Villa game, you kind of thought, well, we've got Friday night, we're playing before Newcastle play. And if we get a win against Wolves, then, you know, we're out of the bottom three. But every time the opportunity's been there for us, we just haven't taken it. And Sonia, you were at the game on Friday night. How was it for you from, uh, 
from the press box, if you like? Um, it, it felt gutting, to be honest, when that, when that goal went in. It felt like quite a decisive blow. I think to hold out and after a couple of not brilliant defensive performances, um, even Scott Parker admitted that against Leeds and, and Villa, it almost looked like something, you know, at least, okay, yes, it's not the three points that you need, but at least, you know, there's a point on it. You, you sort of feel like you're closing that gap. And then to have that goal go in so late on and just completely take that away, I think. I mean, you could probably see on, on TV the reaction from the players. I think that just really showed how, how they felt about it as well. Yeah, Lamina was in tears, wasn't he? Um, as he left the pitch, I, I did think that was slightly strange because, as as we've said, it, it isn't over. It feels like it's over, though, and it almost seeing a player like him in in floods of tears just makes you think: Well, do the players still believe anymore? That's how I feel about it. Um, obviously, obviously, they're going to say that they believe because they have to say they believe. But I don't know. And and also as well, that game. I mean, a draw wasn't ever going to be good enough either. So I was already pissed off with the fact that we were going to draw the game. And just when that went in, at the end, just turned the TV off and just packed it in. I can't be bothered with this anymore. Um, Collins, we've got Arsenal away, Chelsea away, Manchester United away and Southampton away, plus Burnley and Newcastle at home left. I know you said you're still positive and you're remaining positive, but where are we getting 10 points from out of those games, realistically? I know it's very hard. First, the first three games you just called it, I was just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I was, obviously I knew it, you know, but um, I said weeks ago, I said about for a team to stay up in the Premier League, one of the biggest competition in the world, you have to go out there and, and beat big, big teams like Brighton did. Uh, the beat Spurs, the beat Liverpool, obviously we beat Liverpool as well, but so at the team, it's not looking right. And, I don't know what it is, but I've said also weeks ago, we don't we don't really look matured. I mean, you saw the Villa game as well. I mean, we won a lot. Just the way we give goals away is just too too easy. And it's hard for me to say, but if you give goals away like that, you don't deserve to be in the division. So that's the only thing I can say is negative. But, you know, you never know in football. You can go to Arsenal and, and beat them because Burnley went there and they got three points. So... Now we just have to go there and just put our hearts there and put everything in it because we can't draw. Draw is not enough. We need a three points. So I still believe, but like you said, if we if we lose against Arsenal, I think it's over. But you say you say we can't draw, but Scott Parker, he sets us up not to lose games rather than to go out and win games. So we need that change of mentality now. We've got to go on the front foot right from the beginning. Do you think we've got that in us? Well, let's switch it around a little bit. I still think, obviously, we're a team we came up to the league. So you can't just play open and just be like, well, you know, just, just see what happens. It might be 4-4 or 5-4 or whatever. So I kind of understand it puts out there a little bit defensive. And then when, it, when the games go on, it's kind of like open a little bit. So, you know, I kind of understand that. But the last two games after I agree, even, <laughs> even against Villa, we won a lot. And you just felt like, I could just smell it. Villa is going to score the equaliser, and obviously the one and the one the game. But um, change mentality, yes, definitely, definitely against uh, Arsenal. We have to play differently because, like you said, a draw is no point. So we have to get the three points. So uh, we have to put everything out there and, and make sure we we win the game. Collins, can I ask? So as as a former striker, under kind of our current this current team. It doesn't really favour our strikers that much, and it, it kind of shows. It shows because Mitrovic we're not getting the best out of him. Yeah. As a striker, would you like playing in the system, or how do you kind of, how do you kind of adapt your game to kind of play well in a system like this that doesn't exactly favour strikers? Um, it, it sounds a bit weird what I'm going to tell you now, but that's the truth of it. Because many times when I watch the Fulham game, I'm just like, if I was a striker, I would be so frustrated because yes. We had some big chances. I, I, do you remember the game away against Palace? We had a few chances we didn't put him away. But it just looks like if you have a striker Fulham right now, any chance you get, you have to put him away. Otherwise, you're in trouble. So you, you might get two chances, you have to put him away. And right now, we're not doing that. So, yes, I agree. We play kind of like defensively. But 
that's just the way the gaffer wants to play, apparently. So, um, if I was a striker, I would definitely uh, be frustrated. That's for sure. Because you might get one 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 shot in in ninety minutes, and that shot has to go in. And if not, you you might have to wait another three games for it. So, it's it's a, it's a tough times out there for the strikers, and you can tell Mitrovic is not really happy. And of course, it's the strikers that get the blame as well, isn't it? When we're when we're not scoring goals. Go on, Sonia. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, just a follow-up question to that. Scott Parker said in a few press conferences this year that, you know, being a striker is one of the hardest jobs in football because of all that pressure on you. As you said, if you're only getting a few chances, do you think that's maybe why we haven't seen the best of some of the strikers this year? Because that pressure is just mounting. Absolutely. Um, and I also, I had so many interviews this year, I, I keep repeating myself, but strike is all about confidence. And when you feel... You know when you go into the game, you're going to get chances. Obviously, don't get me wrong. You can't expect to be a striker and get 10 chances a game. That's not, that's not going to happen. Otherwise, you don't play in the Premier League. But when, you, when you're a striker, you know you're going to get chances. You're, you're pretty confident you're going to score. But when you go into games and think you might get two shots all game, then it's going to mess up, mess up with your head. And that's what I'm seeing right now. You can just see the strikers just being like, you know, just, just they, they take too much before the ball even come to them, and, and that's what you see right now. Well, we've talked about strikers. Let's talk about the Fulham defence. And it was a bold call from Scott Parker to leave Tashino after a handful of recent mistakes, bringing in Terence Congolo. I thought Congolo looked all right, and perhaps a pairing of Tashino and Congolo will look pretty decent in the Championship if the latter can stay fit. And I do say if there. Um, it just feels depressing to know that Jockey Manderson is going to be on his way if and when this is confirmed. After such a good season, he's probably been our player of the season. Spurs are sniffing around him now. Um, there's still a slim chance we'll stay up, but the, the fat lady has definitely cleared her throat. Will, what do you think about our defence? I mean, it's, it's frustrating that even Ariola's made a mistake there for the Wolves goal as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is frustrating. And it was bold to, to leave Tosin out, but... Thing is, if if a thing like that pays off and we go win the game and Congolo's amazing, Parker gets you know gets called a genius, and if not, then it's all <laughs> his fault for for making the change. Like it's it's a risky move, but clearly he's ballsy enough to do it if you like. Um, and Congolo did look good, and I think it could if we do go down, I think it could be him and Tosin at the back uh, next season. So look, it's not he he was good. I think he does deserve a chance in the Prem. I know he gets. I know he gets about one game every six months, but yeah, he, he did look good. He did look good, I thought. Sonia, did Scott Parker say anything in his post-match press conference about the defence and his decision to leave out Tosin, or you know, was was it kind of um, just old news by that point? I don't think he was actually specifically asked about it. To be honest, I think a more pressing concern was the absence of Luckman because we all sort mm. of expected him to play and. That sort of completely changed the shape of the team, I thought. But I actually thought Congolo did quite well, although I did see a comment on his Instagram saying, get well soon. So hopefully he hasn't picked up yet another injury. But I don't. I, obviously it's not one to read into, I don't think. Collins, were you surprised that Tosin was left out of the side? Do you think that Scott did it to get a reaction out of him or do you think he did it just because he's seen a lack of form from him? No, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. I've been calling it for weeks, though. Um, I think you're right. Anderson has been doing great, and um, for me, toes to, to leave out was was the correct uh, decision. And also, Congolo is a Dutch guy. I know him for years. I know when he was at Feyenoord. I think he's an excellent player. But like everybody knows, he's he's a man of glass. You know, he's, he gets injured every week. So that's the only ne negative about him. But he's he's a great player. You can see that. Obviously, two days ago, he was outstanding for me. He was. If, if that guy is fit, he, he needs to play every week. He, he can play left-back, he can play centre-back. So, um, for me, it was not a surprise he, uh, he was in. Do you reckon it's too late for him to make the Dutch squad for the Euros? Yes, it's too late. Way too yeah. late. Too many centre-backs. Well, we got De Ligt, we got De Vrij. Um, we, got some, we got Blind from Ajax. Obviously, he got injured, but we got so many centre-backs. So, no. Um, especially, you know, if, if he continue playing now, that means he plays seven games and he needs more games to be in the Euros. 
Yeah, too little, too late, unfortunately. He's an outstanding player, very good player. I just right. wanted to add something when it comes to injuries. You know, Fulham have actually been really fortunate with injuries this year. Yeah. And we saw those, um, you know, some other clubs, Liverpool had about seven players out at one point. I know some of the other clubs were similar. Newcastle got hit really badly with COVID, but Fulham have actually been all right. This seems to, you know, with this look one, it seems to pick the wrong time of the season to start becoming a problem. Yeah, absolutely. We can't blame injuries for this shit show this season, that's for sure. I say shit show, actually. That's probably a bit harsh. It's just turning into a bit of a shit show now. But for most of it, the start of the season was rubbish. Matt, you gave up, huh? You absolutely gave up. You hear your voice, man. You gave up. Yeah, yeah. No, I've I've given up now. But there was a period after Christmas where I thought, bloody hell, this is on. But before Christmas, I was looking at the running games. And I was looking... Uh, our form beforehand, and I was just thinking, where are the wins going to come from? And yeah, I, re- I remember you even telling me we're going to beat Man City at home. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I thought that, but you know, I know. it's. Um, I, I, I definitely don't see. I mean, we've won five games all season, and we've got six games to go. So you know, we, we need three wins and a draw to even give us a, give ourselves a chance. And I, I just don't see where they're coming from. But anyway, let's. You're telling me we need 38 points to stay up. I think we need 36, and we're on what 26, so we need 10. We need 10 points. So I think three wins and a draw out well, of those. I can't see Newcastle winning another three games, though. To be honest. But could you see Newcastle winning at Burnley? Yes, because right. let's be honest here, Burnley's not a good side. They work hard, but they're not a good side. Well, for Newcastle to win today, I was not actually surprised. I was more surprised when Burnley would won a lot. We still got to play Burnley, so uh. if 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 we had our way of like the the, the first three games switch, so basically Burnley Newcastle, and what was the another one? Um, Tempton. And then last three games, the, the, the tough ones, that might be a tricky one. But now, you just, oh, oh, I don't even want to think about it. Because when you lose against Arsenal, and then you get Man United and Chelsea, that might, the, the, the next three games might be zero points. Yeah. Just like the last four. The problem is as well, we, we were looking to that Newcastle game on the last day of the season, thinking if we can go into that game within three points, then our goal difference will, you know, will will give us the advantage. But we've only got plus one on goal difference on them now. It's just disintegrated. We're going to beat Arsenal. Trust me. Just trust me. (laughs) All right. You heard it here first. (laughs) I I really hope you're right. We need need some good news. It's been crap news for the last month or so. We can get Arsenal. We can get them. I hope so. One of the the other reporters was saying that on, uh, on Friday, actually. But you're right, Matt. We need to change our mentality. I absolutely agree. I, I don't. I don't think the answer is just to open up and and, and just play four four or five four. But yeah, we need to change something, and I totally agree. All right. Have you been Have you been in a team, Collins, where you're kind of battling relegation and you kind of managed to survive? And how how does that mentality change? Like, what what well, what I, does I the team a, do? I was in the team when we escaped. Um, when we beat uh, Portsmouth away with uh, Murphy goal, obviously I, I was injured at the time, but I was in the team. Um, but even, obviously, you guys are fans and I was a player back then, but you just felt we're going to stay up. And right now in the dressing room at Fulham, like what Matt said, obviously Lamina was crying and stuff. You can smell it from outside as well. I think the belief is, is, is kind of gone and that worries me a little bit. You know, that worries me a lot. But again, just name the squad. Name player by player who got really Premier League experience there. Nobody. Mm. We had some we had Murphy, we had Bullard, we had uh, 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 Davis, we had Zamora. We had so many team, so many players who knew what the Premier League, Premier League was all about. But now, just one. Mm. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same problem as last time. Right? I'm sorry. I was just going to ask uh, Collins what he thought. You know, the m- management and that can do to instill that belief again. 
it might go it might go well it might go bad but um right now it's obviously to change the managers i don't think it's going to change anything because it just looks like the core of the team gave up on on the belief to stay up and that that is the only thing that really worries me because the uh, was it Leeds? Yeah, it was Leeds at home. When I saw that game, I was actually panicking. I was I was scared. I was like, "What is happening?" Or oh, it might be nervous. It might be you know afraid or just you know just frozen to play football and thinking about it too much to play bad. And you know it might be a conversation what a lot of people think right now because you're you're hearing a lot of voice. Is coming from the manager, but knowing Scott, I know him actually personally, he's not a kind of a guy. He's more of a guy with mentality. He, he was that even when he was a player. Always on the front foot, always the right attitude, always give everything what he got in, on, on, on the pitch. So, like I said, I think it's just not experienced. The players haven't got experience. And I think that's one of the big things with that thing. Yeah, it's a bit worrying. What did what did Roy do? Like obviously Sanchez, when Sanchez was around, I'm guessing team around chemistry was kind of rock bottom. So Roy came in and he instilled that belief mentality. What what kind of did he, what kind of exercises did he do? What 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 changed in in the dressing room to make kind of install that belief? Um, Sanchez, everybody was kind of like um, was not really a team was like all part of groups, you know, was not really gelled in together. And when Roy came in, he really made us feel like everybody believed again. You know, we felt like we can just play football without pressure and just enjoy it and just, you know, obviously he put some tactics, patterns on the field and, you know, we spoke about tactics and formations, but we just felt like we're alive again. So that was, at that moment of time, the refreshing of the manager was a big plus at the time. But again, we had some characters who was just down because of the manager because we didn't trust him in, in, in Sanchez at the time. So when Roy came in, he said the right words to us. So obviously, you know, the experience of the Premier League came back again with the players. It was just like, we just had, we were in a bad moment with uh, Sanchez. It's not like our talents or our, our belief was gone, but, you know, it was just like, we really believed and, and we gave, obviously, the... Um, um, ourselves a chance to stay up. Collins, I don't want to put you on the spot here, so you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but as supporters, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, as supporters, we were not fans of Laurie Sanchez. What did the players make of him as a manager? <laughs> and I'm being polite by uh, saying that. I, I hated Laurie Sanchez as manager. He was, <laughs> he, he was, he was just not a Fulham type of manager. I thought he was, yeah, really, he, was. he just came across as being really arrogant really unlikable and that's that's not the sort of manager we you know we we like as Fulham well, fans. I'm gonna say one word he, he um he was not my he, he was not he was not my favorite no he was not my favorite. That's that's fair all right let's let's leave it there I wonder what the one <laughs> word was going to be then that wouldn't be the one word I'd choose to call him but anyway, <laughs> let's move on <laughs> let's get back to the game from from Friday yeah. night then so we've criticized Anthony Robinson's final ball this season quite a lot but his delivery was absolutely perfect in the 28th minute when he whipped the ball in from the left, but Ruben Loftus-Cheek headed it wide. If there was a moment this season for Loftus-Cheek to step up, this had to be it. I don't care what his stats say about his overall contribution to the side this season. He's been part of one of the most fruitless attacks in Premier League history, and I'd be surprised if he gets anywhere near the Chelsea bench when he goes back to Chelsea, let alone their starting eleven. Massive disappointment, Will, Ruben Loftus-Cheek this season. Yeah, um, he's been awful. I, I mean, some people on on Twitter and in the chat, and maybe some of you guys think this, but and sometimes they're like, "Oh, yeah, he's been good today. He created lots of chances, but we're still not scoring with the chances he's creating." And I don't think you know um, a lot of the loanies, uh, the people on loaner, people on Twitter are saying, "Oh, this proves that loan players care," and that's the case for I think Lamina and Anderson and Aina. They're all putting their hearts out on there. I just don't think Loftus-Cheek is on that level of kind of commitment to, to Fulham as the others are, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, just quickly on Robinson, I thought his delivery was great. For me, I was expecting 
um, Tete to be the, you know, him to have the better delivery against Wolves and Robinson to just be the runner and little passes or, or fall over, whatever. But yeah, he, he was great. The delivery by Robinson on against Wolves, all of his crosses I thought were brilliant, to be honest. Yeah, good stuff. All right, let's let's come on to uh, the main talking point of the first half. And I'm going to come to you first, Stato, on this. Wolves scored a perfectly good goal for my money and it was ruled out for offside by VAR. Was it offside, was it? Utterly bonkers call. We should have been behind at the break. Uh, Absolutely. And I'll be honest, when VAR first came in, I was a fan of it because it's like, well, there's too many high-profile mistakes in football happening at the moment and VAR will come along and it will solve that and it will fix everything. But I, I... it's just made things so much worse and there's no way that was offside. Like it's frustrating. Get when you see them getting those little lines out and trying to see whether their fingernail is offside. It's just it's not football and it's not right and it's it's ruining the game. I mean we got away with it, we got lucky, but you know, we've had our fair share of awful calls and it's probably gonna happen again before the end of the season. It's just it's it's ruining football, isn't it? Yeah. I mean that, that one went in our favour, but even in our team chat at half-time, everyone was kind of agreeing, saying, we should be behind. That, that, should, not be, that should not have been ruled out. Um, Collins, what, what do you make of VAR? As a striker who um, sometimes was a little bit, um, let's say, creative with the offside rule, um, how do you feel about that? How, how do you feel about that, that goal being ruled out as a striker? I mean, Matt, you know me, how I was a player, Matt. I was too emotional, man, so... I think in my time, if VAR came along, I would, I would quit football because <laughs> you can't even celebrate your goal. Yeah. You have to wait for a few seconds and be like, mm. yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yes. I hear um, a lot of people saying, you know, sometimes a penalty mistake by the, by the referee and all that. But sorry, man, the VAR, it caused so many confusion and so many problems. For me, they just have to get rid of it because he's been a disaster. Absolutely disaster. Just bad. It's bad news for football. I was, watching, I was watching some of your goals, Collins, on YouTube earlier, and I'm fairly confident a large chunk of them were called off offside nowadays oh. just because of the way it was. I agree, 100%. So uh, it, no, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of the VAR because with the handball as well, I mean, every referee have got a different reception of handball. So the VAR just makes people just anxious as well. I mean, it's just crazy. It's terrible. Yeah, I hate it as yeah. well. Absolutely hate it. All right, well, not... Yeah, go on, Sonia, please. I was just going to ask uh, Collins, as a striker, do you feel that it would have sort of stopped you being able to even celebrate your own goals? You know, you'd be constantly looking around wondering if it was going to be called offside or not. Yeah, of course. I mean... A couple of weeks ago, Luis Ferraris uh, had an interview, and that's exactly what he said. He said, well, sometimes I score a worldie, and then I want to celebrate, and then I'm thinking, like, can I celebrate? It just makes everything just complicated. I mean, football is all about moments. It's all about split seconds. And VAR is just taking that away from us. So uh, we can't enjoy football anymore. It's, it's, it's terrible. And I, can, and I can imagine for fans as well at home, because, you know, one thing you need to know, if if the goal goes in, that that's it. Don't finish. You can't call it back after four or five minutes. Can you imagine? Sometimes you have to wait for like six, seven minutes because they can't call, make the call. Nah, it's, for me, it needs to. It needs to get. It needs to go. It's it's absolutely spoiling the game. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Um, not a great deal happened in the second half against Wolves. Um, in the last minute of the game, when it looked like we got a point in the bag. Adama Traore broke down the right, and from the angle he was at, there shouldn't have been too much danger. But rare goalkeeping mistake from Alphonse Ariola gave Wolves a, a win. When your luck is down, it's down, and that was a really tough one to take. Even though I don't think we did enough to win the game. Stato, how did you feel when that ball flew in the top corner at the near post? As a Sunday league goalkeeper, you cover your you cover your near post, don't you, mate? You do. You cover your posts. Um, at the same time, I'd say it was a really good finish from Adama. Like fair play, proper top netting. But at the same time, yeah, you shouldn't be beating at your near post like that. And I, I kind of just wasn't expecting it to go in. You could see him running, and he was kind of in that area of the box where you wouldn't expect a shot to get past a keeper, but it did. And 
when it went in, I'll be honest, I, I wasn't even that annoyed. I was just deflated. It's like, oh, I was kind of semi-expecting us just to just lose like we did. And it was, yeah, it was just annoying. And like you said earlier, like I was already, I was, I, I like you was already annoyed that we were going to get a point when we needed three points. And the fact we got zero, it's just, it sums up how these last few weeks have gone as Fulham, for Fulham really. It's just, it's not good enough. And yeah, it's not good at all. Yeah. Well, after the game, Will, Scott Parker said, what is ingrained in me is a desire, an effort and a fight. And my team showed that tonight. But I've got to say, I didn't see enough desire to win the game. I like a Scott Parker soundbite as much as the next person. But to me, that sounds like absolute nonsense, what he said. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I watched the uh, interview as well. And he was talking a lot about mentality. And I think sometimes you've got to take a leaf out of, of Bernie's book. Sometimes you just have to lump it forwards, you know? We can't be always we can't always be playing this patient football, I don't think. We have not one of the best target men in the league, but we have a very strong and very tall striker playing up front. And we we need to go for a win. So why are we not just hitting it up to him and, and people running off him? I mean, there are a few games where I think we could have got wins if we just hit it forwards a bit more rather than play out from the back. And I understand that's the way Parker wants us to play it. And, and that's fine. But I think sometimes we need to mix it up a bit to, to try and get the goals because that, that's what we've been struggling with. And just, um, just quickly on the, the uh, Wolves goal, Dama Traore, I'm sure everyone knows this, but he hasn't scored in 49 games. Like, <laughs> of, course, of course it would just be against us. It's just bound to happen, isn't it? It's the classic, isn't it? We, uh, we always like to, to end these bad streaks for any team or any players. It's something we've always done. Super, super frustrating. Collins, what are the players going to be thinking after that defeat then? How do you pick yourself back up again after such a crushing blow to the season? Normally, I, normally if you're a footballer, yes, it hurts at that time. But the next day, because you have so many games in a, in a short uh, time of space, just going with it you know I think the gaffer will be texting the players to, you know to keep their head up to keep believing the assistant gaffer uh, manager will be calling the players so I'm pretty sure the next day they were in for cool down so you know when you start kicking the ball you, 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 you're doing your training and you you still have to pick yourself up because like you said it's still six, six, six games to go and um yeah, you, you just have to keep believing as a player because, you know, when you're a footballer, it might sound weird where I'm going to tell you that, but you have to, when you're, in the, when, when you're on the pitch, automatically you're going to do your best. So I don't believe players just go out there and, and they don't kick a ball. So I really think, even though they look kind of like disbelief, but I think they go to the pitch and they play against Arsenal, I think you're going to see a different Fulham. I just, I actually believe that. I think you're going to see a Fulham who's going to give everything in the power to win that football match. I, I, I really believe so. Even though we think now they gave up and, you know, it looks, Lamina was crying, but I just think next week it's going to be a totally different mentality. Do you think, do you think that's because the, the pressure's off? I have no choice because that's why you get paid big bucks. You get big wages because you have to prove everybody wrong week, week, week after week. And that's what's going to happen. Do you think the pressure's now off us? Yes. Thank you. That's the right word. I really think that is the word. I think we're just going to go out there, play for free, and just give everything what we got. And surely, like you said, some players, trust me, they'll be thinking elsewhere now. They might think, well, I might go there in the summer. I've done enough to get myself a move. You know, so you're going to play without pressure. You're just going to give everything. And trust me, they're still going to give everything the last six games because at the end of the day, you know, you, even though we think it might be not, not really a team spirit, but you can tell they're all mates, they're all buddies, they're all friends for each other. So, yeah, I really think they're going to... And also, they like Scott as well. They like the gaffer. So you can see the real bond there. So they have to fight for everybody. They have to fight for themselves. Right, guys, well, it's time to come on to a Scott Parker rating, and I don't think this is going to make very pretty reading, to be honest. I think um, 
I'm going to have to give him a three just because we didn't go for the win. We didn't we didn't do enough to go for the win. It's the it's the lowest score I've given him for a while. But in all honesty, it's the the most pissed off I've been for a while. Um, Sonia, how about you for a Scott Parker rating for this one? Um, I'm going to go for five and a half. I'll go five and a half because I don't think defensively there was a lot wrong for a while. Um, and, you know, to be undone by a goal like that, yes, I know he hasn't scored for a long time, but he still is a striker of quality. And, I don't know, I'm just not, not sure that with the players and Lookman being out of the side, there was much more that could have been done attacking-wise. OK, very, very generous, Sonia. Very generous of you. Uh, how about for you, Will? Uh, I've gone for a four because I, look, I've been a fan of Parker for the last two seasons. But to be honest, it's getting frustrating. And like you say, we didn't go, we didn't push for the win hard enough. I don't think. And in my opinion, that's why we ended up losing or, or not getting a point, at least anyway. Um, I, the only reason why it's a four for me is because I liked Congolo coming in. I thought that was a bold choice. And I mean, we lost, but I, I think it's good that he's getting game time and that. Um, and it's just good to see him play, you know. And he was pretty good. He's a good player, clearly. And, yeah, that's the only reason why I've gone for a four, really. Otherwise, I think I'd be matching you with a three. All right, mate. And Stato, for you? Yeah, I'll, I'll have to agree with you. I'll have to go for a three. I think, although the players do need to take, a, take the blame for the performance that was put in, at the end of the day, it was Parker's, it was Parker's tactics. It's his game management. And he just didn't do enough to kind of get a result for us unfortunately and it was yeah it was a really poor game and a really poor performance from Parker although I must ask Collins how I, I just looked on your Wikipedia and I can't see how when you and Scott would have played together so how, how do you how do you know him just out of interest um, well we play against each other many many times and um, and for some reason when I went shopping or go to a restaurant um, I always bump into him in the, in the West End and most of the time, uh, if we met each other, I was with my mother and he was with his mother as well. So, um, yeah, we always met each other in a nice environment. Uh, I met his mom, he met my mom. And then from now on, we just, we just stay in contact. And then funny enough, when he took the job, I think one of the last game, um, he managed the team that played Cardiff at home when Babo scored that screamer, remember? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I went to the same restaurant in West End. I took my mate from Holland with me, so we just had a little, little, you know. Guess what? Scott Parker sits there with the whole family, with his wife, with his kids, with his brother. And I was like, this is not coincidence. And then obviously, I lost his number for a long, long time. And I was like, hey, listen, give me your number, man. Let's call each other. He said, yeah, no problem. We, we exchanged our numbers. And from that moment, we've just been texting and calling each other. So, yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty tight and uh, they were good friends. And of all the branches of McDonald's for you to uh, for you to have been in at that same time, it was the same one. <laughs> <laughs> but what what Scott you, Parker? What what I mean? Do, do you think Scott Parker's going to keep his job this season, Collins? If we do go down, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred okay. percent. All right, well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll quickly zip round and ask everybody else then to see if if they agree. Sonia, should I should I tell you why? Yeah, please do. Yeah. Um, Okay, let me ask you one question uh, first. Hmm. Was you was you ever did you was you ever confident last year when we win the championship we're going to go up? Um, ne never confident, but there was a there was an air of expectation around the fact that we'd just come down from from the Premier League. We'd kept hold of Mitrovic, we kept hold of Tom Kearney, and we'd made some quite high profile signings in Knockart and Cavalero. And I, I kind of, I kind of expected, I wanted to come back up. I, I expected to come back up um, based on the players that we had. But I was, I was, ne I never thought we're definitely going to go up. For me personally, he did an excellent job to bounce up straight back from the from, from the championship. Yeah. And and yes, we had a bad last couple of four or five games, but before that, I think he did. He did a great job in the first in the first uh, uh, season in the Premier League as well. Mm. Yes, of course you're going to get judged in the end result, and that will be done in a couple of weeks' time when we go down or we stay up. 
So for me, it's no point to sack him because if we go to the championship, surely the owners will think, well, he can, he can bring us straight back up. So I don't think that he's going to get the sack. And again, it's not because of my friends, because at the end of the day, like I said also, they were, they were terrible against the Leeds and, um, and, um, and, and against Wolf as well. So it's nothing for me to hide. That was, that was a bad result, but I, I don't think he's going to lose his job. I, I agree with you. And I, I, think, um, I think we need some stability. And it, it, it would be knee-jerk. We, we've, it's such fine margins, isn't it? And I, I don't know. It, the results that we've had this season at times have been, have been very poor and we just haven't scored enough goals. But I kind of see what he's trying to do. And I saw an interview with him a few weeks ago where he said we really wanted to shore up the defence this season. Um, but then we were going to start bringing in more attacking players and try and just change our style and adapt our style more to, to, to start scoring more goals. But it, it would just seem... I, I, still, I still believe that this is a project, OK? I, I still believe that this is a three- or four-year project. Do, do we have a better squad than West Brom? A better scorer? No, a better squad. A better squad? I think uh, so. Yeah. I think we do. Yeah, I'd say so. Do we have a better squad than Sheffield United? Yeah, absolutely. After the after the finished seventh the year before, yeah. or eight. Yeah. Okay, so after that, are we better than Brighton, squad wise? No. I'd say no. Are, are we better than Newcastle, player for player? About the same, I'd say. Yes. I'm asking. I'm just asking this question because I always think. As a Fulham fan, obviously, don't get me wrong, I was a player, but I'm a fan as well. We always, we always get emotional because we don't, think in, we don't think in a certain way. So you have to ask yourself, are we actually better? If we might go down, are we actually better than Newcastle, squad-wise? Are we actually better than Brighton? So it's a process, you know, it's a process. Th those players of Newcastle, they were, they've been playing together for a long, long, long time. Don't forget, our team, Fulham, is a pretty new team. You know that? Very new. It's only two years old. Yeah. From goalkeeper, from obviously Mitro and Kearney, they've been playing there almost two, two and a half seasons. Bobby Reid, uh, Harrison Reid, Harrison Reed, uh, Robinson, Tate, Anya, Lukman. You name it. We just, we're a new team. So I always feel we think, oh, we have to stay up, we have to stay up. But, you know, you have to put more things into the table. And don't get me wrong, if we stay up, I might, I might even lose tears, you know, because I love Fulham that much. But I'm really realistic and I put things together and I'm like, mm, is it really point to sack him now? Because, what, he went down? All these other big managers went down with, with, with better squads. So it's, uh, it's a debate. It's a debate, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I agree with a lot of that. And I think throughout the season, I've been very conflicted with it all because, like Colin said, it's a very new squad. And I look on the face of it and uh, we won the playoffs and then three weeks later, we were in the Premier League. And then we had a lot of the, a lot of the squad. It got assembled in the weeks following that. And I think Parker's done a very good job to assemble a competitive team in a very short space of time and to actually give us a fighting chance of staying up. And if we go down by quite a short margin, it, you know, it's a good effort. But then, you know, at the same time, there's that emotional aspect of, in, you know, after a game like Wolves, it was a terrible yeah. defeat. It was a, it was a terrible result. And, you know, there, there's that aspect of that. We don't, we don't play well enough. But then at the same time, what more can we expect from such a new team that's only just been assembled? Yeah, and let's, I, don't, I don't want to be negative. Let's be honest here. A lot of, a lot of, I know they might not be playing in, the, in starting at 11, but a lot of players there, they are championship players, a lot of them. Mm. And, and, and we have to, we just have to be honest. And that's just, that's just, that's just facts. So, and they're all on the bench, uh, the Hectors, um, uh, Joe Bryan, um, you, you can, you can keep going. So, and, and, and so, so that's why I said it's a debate, you know. It's not just easy, oh, we have to stay up. Well, what, is, what is the real reason we have to stay up? And we have to be honest as well. So many games this season, we play against opposition. We're not even the, we're not even the worst team. We actually batted a lot of teams, but we couldn't score. Mm. We had a chance in the games as well, you know. Key chances as well, like big chances. 
if Loftus Cheek had this ball in, it's a totally different game. Because I thought Wolves was not even great. They had a bad game, Wolverhampton. They had a bad game. And that last shot of, uh, of Traore should be stopped by the goalkeeper. Yeah. So I don't think that has nothing to do with the gaffer. I mean, surely Scott Parker didn't tell the goalkeeper let the ball in. He didn't tell Loftus Cheek to miss the ball. I mean, that, that's like, those, those things are just margin the game. So, yes, as a manager, you get, you get blamed and you get judged by your result. Absolutely, absolutely right. But um, I think we have to look brighter and bigger. And I think Scott has done a fantastic job. Collins, I love your passion. It's really great to have you on. I've, I've, it's, it's really good to get your perspective. And I, I guess it's kind of, it's changing my mindset a little bit. I, I think you're right. Because I've, I've spent this whole weekend quite depressed and pissed off about the result. But when you put it like that, yeah, well, I guess, I guess we did have the chances. And does that mean that the manager should pay, uh, pay with his job? I don't know. I, I don't you, think... Do you remember when I spoke to you after the Crystal Palace game? Yeah. How many chances we had there, by the way? How many? Yeah. yeah. Four, five? Yeah. Really good well, chances. That's, that's, two, that's two points more. Yeah. We can keep going, mate. We can keep going. So many matches. We didn't put it off. So many games. Away to um, Sheffield United where we drew. 1-1. We should have killed that game in the first half. Didn't. Yeah. They killed yeah. Last minute, I think. Uh, Billy Sharp. So yeah. we had so good games. But if we can't score... I can't believe Scott Park tell to the strikers, oh, don't score the goal. No, that's quality as well. But again, that, that's what I said before. When we stayed up, we had the big, big players. The Zamoras, the, the Davies. We had some big characters. And they knew how to handle pressure front of goal. But right now, who's really has... Lookman played, what, 10, 10 games for Everton. Not really Premier League uh, experience. Mitchell Rich, hardly played at Newcastle. Well, obviously, he played the, the first season when we went up. Uh, but also, he didn't play many, ga- many games. Uh, Bobby Reid, not really a Premier League player because he hasn't played many, uh, many games in the Premier League. We, uh, Harrison Reid, the same thing. Angisa went alone. We had a bad year anyways the first season when he won the Premier League because we went down. Can we really say Tom Kearney is a Premier League player? No, I don't think so. Let's be honest. That's our captain. Mm. Yeah, you're so, right. You're absolutely right. Facts on the table here today. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I'll, I'll put it to the rest of you. Sonia, Will, Stato. Can you, can you argue with that? So, uh, it's, it's the, that is the players who has to carry us. That is actually the players who has to carry us. So, let's be honest. I know I'm, I'm trust me, I just said, I might, you know, you know, uh, cause cry and, and, and crying on the phone, you know, but. I'll be hurt if we go down, but I still have to believe we're going to stay up. But if we go down, we have to ask ourselves some questions and, 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 and we have to make sure we, we, if we go up, we have to do better. So, um, and that's just, and that's just uh, the truth of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. Look, we've got a squad that isn't all Premier League quality. Like you say, you know, it's not, a, not every starting eleven would be competing with every Prem team that we put out. And, I think the togetherness is an important thing. You see the players out on the pitch and I feel like we play for each other, you know, and and that's yeah. one of the things that Parker's been good at is, is he always talks about the mentality side of things and it can get annoying sometimes because sometimes you want to hear, yeah, we've been talking about scoring more goals, but then sometimes you've got to understand where he's coming from about gelling the players together and getting them to play for each other and I think that is the one thing that Parker's or not the one thing but one of many things that Parker's done pretty well this season getting a squad that that plays for each other and hopefully if whether we stay up or if we go down it like you said Matt it's a long-term thing Um, it's a project and if we do go down hopefully we can keep obviously we won't be able to keep Anderson and Areola if we do but just the, the core, you know, the, yeah, the core of the squad. I mean, I doubt if we'll, we might not be able to keep Mitrovic this time, but if we can keep a lot of the players there, we can just build and we, we can keep building. And if yeah. you keep the same manager, you have the manager that knows the players and, and can yes. build from those players. I think I do agree that we need to keep Parker for a long-term uh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Totally. So, Matt, you think, you, you think different now? You think you should, you should get the sack then? No, I don't think he should get the sack. I'm I'm just responsible for asking the questions here. But I've okay. I've been um, 
I, look, I've, I've been as fickle as the next man this season and the next person this season. When, when we've been struggling this season, I've questioned whether or not we should keep the manager. And when we've been doing well, I've been saying, oh, Scott Parker, I love him. Look at his fashion sense. Isn't he great? But, <laughs> uh, but, but now it's looking very much like we're going down. It is a question that has to be asked. Should yeah. Scott Parker keep his job? And I'd keep him. I, I would keep him. Um, I, li- I like him. I like, and I said this after the playoff final win last season as well. I think he's a good figurehead for this club. I think he's a good representation of us as a club. I like the way that uh, he represents the club. But at times, his football is a bit boring. And it needs to evolve. And he has evolved as manager this season. And I've, I've seen him, you know, he's changed his style and he's adapted. And I, and I, and I, I, I do really like him as a manager. But there's going to be a lot of haters out there because of the position we're in. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree, but I, I do think that's unfair. I mean, I I was there in the first game of the season against Arsenal. Um, I don't know if any of you remember that. And that was mostly a championship side that started. Yeah. And after that, I came away going, God, I actually think Fulham are going to go down here. The players just looked, half of them looked clueless. Some of them were just so far off the pace. And I think the players that have been brought in since, okay, you know, yeah, they don't have a lot of Premier League experience, but you can see their quality or their potential. A lot of them are very young as well. Um, yeah. You know, Adarabio and Robinson, they're permanent signings. They're both quite young and they can both develop quite a long way, I think. I think we've seen that this year already, how much better Robinson's crossing especially has got. So I do think there's a lot of potential. I think it's the biggest blow is going to be losing Anderson, but... You know, he's shown yeah. that he is definitely Premier League quality and having watched him all year, I think he's brilliant. Yeah. All right, guys. I, I think we're probably done, aren't we? I, I didn't expect this to be such a long show tonight. Um, I thought this was going to be quite, quite a slog to get through after quite a miserable result, but I've actually quite enjoyed that. So thanks, everyone. Thanks, Sonia, for joining. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Stato. And thanks, Collins. You've been absolutely outstanding. Um, We'll be back with an Arsenal preview on Thursday, which will include a Simon Davis in focus chat that I had with Baldo recently. Don't forget to watch out for the chat Danny and I have with Kit Simons to mark 20 years since we were promoted as champions to the Premiership for the first time. That will be out towards the end of next week. In the meantime, have a great week and speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.